This week on Media Delta, we discuss Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland. Let's see if this was one to sleep on. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Media Delta. Um, we're looking at something kind of interesting in many ways. We'll see about that. Uh, this is a movie that it's kind of the fact that it got made to begin with is kind of interesting. Uh, we're talking about Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland today which was a, a animated movie that was released in 1989 uh, that has, it's just weird because it's for some reason decided that the best movie to release in the 80s was a cartoon rendition of a comic strip that was from the 1900s, like the early oh, yeah, 1900s. Uh, yeah, if you're not familiar with the comic strip Little Nemo, uh, it was a 19, I think it started in 1905. Um it was by uh, Windsor McKay, uh, and it was a comic strip about a boy who goes, when he dreams, goes to Slumberland and has many adventures with some occasionally questionably designed people. But it's a very nice way of putting it. Uh, yeah, so uh, I am not the only one who watched this, so in alphabetical quarter, please introduce. Hi, I'm Axe, and I tend to dream evil. I'm the portable stove, and yeah, I am ready to buy a bed, I guess. I don't know. I'll look around a little bit more, I guess. I'm Torpotypus, and I'm here for the vague attempts to cover up racist characters. Yeah. Uh, so. I'm sickly I green. It's fine. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We'll I get into that when we talk about the characters. But, um, <laughs> mm. yeah, I, I got some questions that need answering. So for us to go through this interesting movie. Uh, so, um, X, uh, what was your general impressions, and is there a scene you would like to talk about? Okay, um, first of all, I'm going to tip my hand here and say that I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Like, an incredible amount. Like, uh, while I was watching it, I kind of actually remember feeling kind of the same way I did when I first saw Spirited Away. I don't, I, it's, it's just, it's, it's vibrant. There's just a lot of character to it. It's charming in certain ways, not in the way that Torpid just mentioned. Uh, but, you know... There are some flaws to it, but overall, like, I really just, I, I enjoyed it enough that I actually watched it again today, uh, just uh, about an hour before we started recording. Let's see, I'm um, really starting to get a feel for what you like in movies. Oh, oh dude, I would love you to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the mood that the, the movie went for. I liked the characters. There were a couple that I didn't. I'm sure we all have the same character we didn't like. Um, it, it was weirdly paced, but also that kind of makes sense in context to this because it's about dreams. So I let it slide. Um, I mean, as far as uh, scenes go, um, I mean, there's a lot of good scenes, but there's, I guess just off the top of my head, the, the, the one that I liked the most was the princess just cold cocking flip. It was wonderful. And basically, any scene where she hits Flip was fantastic. Yeah, he he kind of had it coming to him. Yeah, but no, like this was a really good movie. I liked it a lot. Shut up. Uh, so <laughs> Just shut the fuck up. After that, uh, Stove, what are your thoughts on it? <laughs> so here's the thing about Little Nemo. I this is probably like the fourth time I've ever seen this because I watched this like a few times as a kid. I watched it one time as a teenager, like, oh, I remember that. I'll give it a look. And then watching it just now, I I will say it is not a bad movie. It's it's not 
just starting off strong, it's not it's not bad. Already needing to defend yourself. It ain't shit, but it also ain't shit. That's pretty much it. Um, no, um, <laughs> like here's Little Nemo is a gorgeous movie to look at. Um, I don't know if you're going to go into this uh, in detail, Lolo, but um, Little That's Nemo was. History? Yeah. Oh, I got the notes. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, just a quick thing. Little Nemo was made by TMS, people who made uh, some really good early cartoons that people uh, like. Uh, one coming to mind, um, Tiny Toon Adventures. But yeah, no, the movie looks gorgeous. It looks really good. The problem is like, and this is, I guess this is just a me problem. I pretty much just tapped out like, I'd say 75% of the way through because I just at some point didn't really care about what was happening like it's it's it's, going yeah if it feels way longer than it actually is and that is my one criticism of the film was it was way way longer than it really like should have been that should have been it's just it felt longer than it it actually turned out to be because it was at one point i was kind of like oh it's still going we're not yeah it it, it just keeps going and at a certain point i was like okay i i kind of get it now and after I was done. I was like, yep, okay, I think I'm I think I'm good on this for a long while again. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's not necessarily that it's bad. It's just that after a certain point, it just gets kind of if anything. But it is a very gorgeous movie to look at. The animation is very good, and you can tell like they put a lot into making the movie, uh animating the movie as well. Just it looks nice, just not much to really talk about in terms of uh I don't know. And it was written it was written by one of my favorite authors. Um, and then as far as a scene, like I was going to go with the scene in the castle where everybody is just dancing for a while and the king is literally too engrossed in the groove to actually do anything useful. Um, but I think one of the scenes that just kind of hammered home the pacing point to me is the five minutes near the ending where uh Little Nemo is trying to cast the spell using the scepter and he keeps fucking it up. It's just how many times can we say pajama? Well, let's find out. It, it, it is just even there with notes listing the entire incantation. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where I am. Not kind of down the middle, not like super bad, but eh, closer to good, but not. OK. Uh, all right, Torpo, how about you? Oh, boy. Um, it is all style and no substance. It's very pretty to look at, but the actual story and writing, not even. Uh, the, the animation's very nice. The backgrounds are absolutely fucking... I will never deny that, but the actual story is barely there. The princess has no real personality. Nemo has even less, aside from child, and, and just in general, it's not. Also, I really appreciate their attempts to clean up some designs to make them look less racist, but you still tell. <laughs> yeah. I feel like um, we have a question, like, right after this one that'll address that. <laughs> yeah, there is a question that, um, I, I, that wasn't the intent of that question, but that's kind of how it's going to end up being, I have a feeling. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it was a bad movie. I, I'm not going to pretend I really enjoyed it a whole lot, and it definitely felt like it went on way too long, but it was at least nice to, I'll give it that. Okay. Uh, is there a scene that you'd like to point out? <sighs> the, the part where they're trying to teach Nemo with all these teachers, how to be a prince. Because this is just this weird throwaway scene that they never talk about ever again, and they're perfectly fine with an uneducated prince. Because yeah. at one point, it, it's basically, uh, the king is like, yeah, we gotta educate you on how to be a prince now that I've chosen you to be my successor. Um, and so they just throw a bunch of teachers at him, and like this little musical bit. 
and they all overwhelm him and it all goes terribly and he sneaks out and then we never talk about it ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that is what leads him to who I'm feeling is going to be all of our favorite. Um, yeah. So my thoughts on this are somewhat complicated because I, as a kid, I remember watching it and I never really, like, I remember like, oh yeah, I watched that movie. I did not remember a single thing from it. Um, but coming later as someone who's kind of a bit of an animation buff, uh, this, I kind of couldn't watch this movie as a movie itself. Just, I was watching this from a more technical perspective um, because I feel like I should go into the kind of the production history of this for a little bit because the thing that, that's interesting to me is that there are some names that are associated with mm-hmm. um, Max, you, you mentioned me, uh, you mentioned Spirited Away. <laughs> yeah. Looking like Spirited Away. Uh, well, not looking reason, like, it, it, was, it was a feeling that I got. There is a reason, reason that. Uh, a lot of Studio Ghibli, or but prior to Studio Ghibli's founding, a lot of people who worked at Ghibli worked on this. Uh, going into the middle of the story, uh, including uh, Miyazaki worked oh. on this movie for a little bit. Um, because this movie had kind of a little bit of a production issue history. Like it, it was not a clean Over production. A decade. Uh, so this movie originally came out in 1989. Uh, the producer of this um let me get his name it was uh you, you I, I don't know why i can't pronounce this name uh yukata fujioka who i believe is a ghibli or would eventually become ghibli uh he is very tied to tokyo movie shinwa or shinsha as stove mentioned uh and he personally flew to the states to california uh to talk to the uh descendants of windsor mckay to because apparently i guess he was a fan of little nemo uh, this Japanese man who is for some reason got into this weird American comic strip that didn't, no one really talks about. Uh, also remember, and so keep in mind, this is 1977 we're talking about. He approached one George Lucas to produce this in 1977. Uh, I think he was a bit busy at that time. Yeah. Uh, also, little. apparently, uh, George Lucas declined the project because he had problems with the storyline. And the fact that there was no character development for the the title character, which I mean, it's a comic strip kind of thing. So it kind of it's that problem of everyone's always the same in the comic strip thing. You don't yeah, go over to great, John Davis's house and say, "Hey, when is Garfield gonna learn his lesson? When is Garfield gonna love that Mondays can be okay?" Uh, also, he approached when is Chuck- Garfield gonna learn that Mondays are okay because he doesn't fucking. <laughs> uh, also, he approached Chuck Jones on this, but he didn't really. <laughs> Yeah, that, uh, that tracks kind of I could believe. That. So it, it was announced apparently in 1982. And yeah, one um, Gary Kurtz was associated with this. Uh, he also is a person who is tied. If you are familiar with Lucas's stuff, uh, he was a producer who worked on American Graffiti, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, The Dark Crystal, Return of Oz. A lot of a lot of uh, pretty prominent things, especially tied to Lucas. Um, yeah. So other names are associated, as I mentioned, Hayao Miyazaki and uh, Isio, uh, Isio to- uh, Takahata, who are also who would eventually become Ghibli. Uh, they worked on it, uh, left due to creative differences. Uh, Miyazaki specifically did not want to work on a film in which it prim- primarily took place in a dream. Uh, also, he later described working on that process as uh, one of the worst experiences he's had in animation. Jeez, Miyazaki doesn't mince words. Yeah, uh, no. 
His story about his, the first movie his kid made is still my absolute favorite Miyazaki. Second um, only to the Katanas. Yeah, also, uh, let's see, they were succeeded by Andy Gaskill and uh, Yushifumi Kondo, who was another Studio Ghibli person. Uh, he, that later, they also uh, left after, they did produce a kind of a pilot for it, but then they left. Uh, Osamu Dezaki also worked on it, who is, uh, if you're not familiar with him, uh, he was an animator working on things like, say, Space Adventure Cobra and also Rosa Versailles and some kind of more more popular in Japan. But he is a, still a relatively well-known animator or Japanese animation person. Um, and then eventually I, they did end up landing on uh, an animator. I can't seem to find who they finally landed on, but that's the animation side. Music side, uh, the Sherman brothers. Are responsible for doing music of this um you have you might not know their name but you've definitely heard their music because they did stuff like say mary poppins and the jungle book and the aristocats and charlotte's web yeah that tracks pretty big music um and then and... on top of that the uh the movie is written by ray bradbury who uh wrote fahrenheit 451 something wicked this way come oh, yeah amongst other things but there's the more popular stuff that he's yep he he had a hand in that. Uh, also, one Chris Columbus worked on this too. <laughs> he he just walked in one day. He's like, I've discovered this. Discovered this movie. This also, would, would, would later go on to discover things like the Harry Potter movies and the Percy Jackson movies. <laughs> so yeah, it's just weird how this movie has such huge names to associate to it. Uh, before we go, in, um, the voice casting list is also. Pretty big animation, like names in animation. Yeah, Alan Oppenheimer, Michael Bell. Um, Michael Bell, yeah. Uh, Rene, I can never pronounce his last name. Uh, a a Juvenile, like, yeah, posted, po posted in podcast. Let me see if I can uh, take a crack at it, it. I'm pretty sure you know the person. It's, uh, he was Rene Albert Genois. Yeah, uh, he is a pretty prominent voice caster, uh, or voice, not voice caster, voice actor. Um, Things like, uh, I'm trying to think. I know he was in a lot. He was a. Oh, uh, yes. No, he. Okay. Immediately, I recognize him from Frasier because he was Frasier. Yeah, he was in the episode of Frasier. That's where I first. He was in the MASH movie. Uh, he, I'm going to uh, throw both of you. He was Father Mulcahy <laughs> in the MASH movie. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, he is a very. If you watched 80 sitcoms, you've seen this guy. Um, he was in The Little Mermaid. Yep. He was Chef Louis. He sang uh, Le Poisson. Uh, regardless I, I barely remember little nemo but uh or little yeah. mermaid uh the other big other probably other name that people might are be familiar with is uh mickey rooney who uh what does he do uh he voices flip in uh. this movie which is fitting uh because <laughs> the thing people might know mickey rooney from oh than, yeah Ooh. uh he is the guy this white person who was the japanese guy in breakfast at tiffany's it was breakfast at tiffany's that's right that was <laughs> yeah it's great that they got him to do flip that name of that character also look Lolo, if there's anything i have learned you can have all the talent in the world working on something and still turn out to be a pile of dog shit. it yeah. doesn't matter also other voice names nancy cartwright tress mcneil uh june foray yep. so yeah uh but yeah that is why i kind of find this fascinating because <laughs> it's just what this this thing just it's from a like all these people worked on it and like how it managed to actually come out we made it bad as a joke you <laughs> it, it just kind of reminds me of that uh 
recently as of this recording the most recently uh released version of um or that version of uh oh what's the um bird on the Orient express oh or, okay it's yeah. just all these names that are associated to it and it's just I'm like oh it's okay um i i mean that on that one i'd be like yeah but that's also because they were doing it after david Suchet had already done the best version of a poirot and b murder on the orient express so i mean yes anything but, past that is just gonna be gone. i mean yes but still, <laughs> um, yeah so but no i guess it's crazy how how just like big this cast is in terms of just staffed and, and you know cast like you're saying and, and it turning out you know the way that the, the just the the difficulties they have with it yeah um so yeah that that's kind of my thoughts or general impressions of the film uh so let's talk about some of the characters more specifically um stern tarpo uh what are your thoughts on the setting slash characters boy howdy i mean i guess it's tiny once again the setting is not really a setting it's all i feel like i say this way too often but it's all fucking set drunk it's all to show off these wonderful visuals and all that because it's a fucking dream there's not really yeah so there's that the characters are they exist, i guess nemo has no personality outside of just kind of spoiled kid and he never improves he learns nothing he never gets better he's always a shit and it's great nemo never learns how to love mondays <laughs> yeah no he <laughs> never except improves like, except oh i should oh maybe i should you know keep my word it is like, oh, then everything's back to normal. Except he doesn't even learn that because his parents are like, fucking whatever. We're going to reward you for being a shit Nemo. It's fine. I don't know if that's... No. He ate the pie it... and his mom's like, I'm sorry. And his dad's like, let's go to the fucking circus. After he was a... Yeah. I, I have very little. The princess is just kind of your typical snooty, snobby. The king... Hot mess. The, yeah, the king is interesting because he's basically he's just this... A giant man-child. Yeah. It's very yeah, like it's fine to enjoy trains, fucking whatever. But he's so bad at doing his duties, and instead just kind of fucks everything up. Like here, Nemo, I'm gonna give you this big fucking key to this door to the nightmare realm, and not tell you what it does, but tell you to not use it regardless. Yeah, just don't open that door because if there's anything that children absolutely love, it's being told don't open things and don't tell them what's behind the thing. And he's like, Nemo, check out this sweet fucking staff that's basically a nuke. No, you can't use it. You're too young, but it is yours. And it's like, he does all this shit. <laughs> and then just like at the fucking party, as Nemo is busy fucking around, the king's just dancing nonstop for no particular reason. Yeah. Just really getting into it. And it's just the king kind of sucks. The train was fine, though. That was, that was perfect. Um, yeah. And then there's Flip. And yeah. then there's Flip. Yeah. Um, if so, Flip... <laughs> is <laughs> come on you can do it Lolo. i believe of you. the fact that this was made in 1905 truck through this very dude. obviously you... supposed to be a racist caricature but it's uh, fine you see because they made him sickly green he's, well, he's green so, so the thing was is that he was sometimes green in the actual comic strip i i want to say that they changed them halfway through uh here's the thing though other fun thing about this is that they left a character out that shows up a lot in little nemo comic strips um oh. that's named the imp who oh. is not colored green uh, i am going to let you all who i are just found call. a pic i just found a picture holy shit yeah that is a not okay depiction of someone yeah Oof. uh to describe it for you listening uh he is a native stereotype that is it. Like it is uh, like as he is 
he is basically missing one nose bone to become the worst possible stereotype. Uh, that actually reminds me of another great thing. At one point we see a bunch of servants, and it's very obvious how they're supposed to look, but their skin's been lightened a bit yeah. to make it less yeah, obvious. They, they have patches of dark skin in places that are uncomfortable. And patches um, of very light or pale skin in other places that make it uncomfortable. And I know no one's going to be able to see this, like, actually with... You know, this being an audio podcast or whatever, but why is this frog honking? I don't get it. I guess because it is Slumberland. I, was I say, shouldn't question it. they honking frogs in one of the dream sequences? Also, I found a toy of Imp. <laughs> that why? is the worst. I just like that, that Imp is driving a chariot run by goats with a frog yeah, horn. Yeah, but the goat chariot appeared in the actual... And Imp did not, thankfully and gracefully. Yeah, uh, ain't that convenient. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did not appear in that or the game, any of the games. Can't imagine why. Which yeah, uh, yeah. So it's flip fucking sucks. Yeah, flip it. Flip overall is just but trash. And just and just to point out like what exactly flip was is basically um you finally well you see him before and he's described basically as this awful person uh, by Professor Genius um and basically he is essentially the. He is basically the avatar of mischief, essentially. He's a fucking shyster. Yeah, and he is like in the want in the police station. There are about six wanted posters of him of varying prices on his head, um, which uh, for some reason they just don't capture him until they do. In which I just remember what the uh, what their method of execution essentially was, uh, which was. Yeah. Stick they him in a him ball. Of, yeah. And put stick him in, him in a ball and shoot him into space. Like I, I, I like when I, if we were like hearing like they heard that thing. It was like, oh, they're they They caught him and they're going to shoot him into space. And they just kind of like, wait, what? Yeah, it's, oh. it's, it's known as the Futurama execute. Shot out of a yep. cannon into the. But no, it's yeah, a perfect. So. Honestly, for Flip, I think it's a perfectly good execution. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so just flip fucking socks overall. He's he's a goddamn shyster. He screws over little Nemo repeatedly, repeatedly, and Nemo still forgives him and is fine with it. And it's terrible because he's done nothing but fuck Nemo over. He was never good to Nemo. He is the reason that the entire second half of the movie, second two through two thirds of the movie, happens. the entire movie. He's the one who told Nemo to open the fucking door. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> like, once he gets and in the And then in the Nightmare Realm, he's like, I have a map. Immediately fucks up the map and bullshits it. And the only really fun thing he did the entire movie was fucking smoke a massive stogie. <laughs> yeah, that was great. At the very end, he pulls, like, essentially a cigar that is, like, five times his size. And I was just thinking... There's got to be a screen. Someone has got to take a screen cap of that someplace and replace that with a blunt. Okay, okay, hold on. I'm I'm sorry. That never mind. <laughs> Fuck it. No, I, I, need to, I need to hear this thought. <laughs> this, yeah, I guess. But also, holy shit. <laughs> Do you think in Slumberland, if they partake in the whatever their equivalent of marijuana is, that they just see real? That sounds terrible, actually. But but no, the real is not like the real. It's like when a cartoon tries to do real and it's just with puppets. It's like Avengers. It's like Gumball. Yeah. Or the Simpsons when they did Homer goes into the real world. Oh, yeah. And like it's all claymation. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now just remind of Chowder when they joked about running out of the budget. So they had the voice actors all do a fucking car wash. 
on camera, mind you. It's a great show. No, you know what it makes me think of Lolo? It makes me think of fucking Sonic Boom, where he goes too deep, and it's Roger Craig Smith in a fucking Sonic costume taking out the trash. <laughs> a little yeah. too far. Yeah. You can go deeper. Yeah. Regardless. Characters in this. Characters um, in this. Yeah. So if you want to take a shot at this. I'll, I'll give it a shot, I guess. Um, so as for the setting, uh, I kind of do agree that it is set dressing, but also admittedly i really like looking at it i feel like it it does kind of have a fun design to it in terms of yes this is what a child would probably dream that a magical mystery world would be um there's no real cohesion to it but eh. the biggest like the most depressing and kind of lackluster part is the nightmare realm which is kind of just your run-of-the-mill dark forest place and then the big old castle kind of dull um, in terms of the characters, yeah, everybody kind of just fills their roles. You have Nemo, who is the main snot-nosed character, just kind of messing stuff up as he goes along and not learning a moral, except maybe keep your promises, maybe sort of, kind of. Don't sleepwalk, I guess. I don't know what that scene he was. was. sleepwalking the pie. Ah, yeah, that- I, I was going to mention, how the hell do, do people, like, sleepwalk and just hold their arms out like that? I don't know if that's... I, I, I know... I, I, it's, when I it's used a, to sleepwalk, I never did the arms thing, but I have had conversations. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, I know I, that part's uh, legit. People fucking drive in their sleep. So the the hand thing, I don't know where it started, but it is it is a trope that is intended to just indicate the person is sleepwalking. Yeah. yeah because yeah, I, think- I think the idea is that... When a person's sleepwalking, people have mistaken them as, like, zombies, or they, they act like they're in a zombie-like state, hence the hands forward, kind of like a zombie-walking sort of trope. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. And yeah, the professor was nothing. Kind of agree on the king that he was just kind of a big old goofball, but that kind of wears out its welcome during the, like, eight minutes that Nemo's trying to yell for his attention, and he still keeps dancing. People are dying, and he keeps dancing. It's weird. Um... And yeah, there's Flip. Flip, um, so obviously, yeah, the big thing is that even if you look at him and you have no context for the comic strip, you have no context for the time, you just look and you think, oh, I get it. I immediately see what Flip is supposed to be. It's kind of like a blue Mr. Popo. Like, you you can't hide that shit. (laughs) Um, and yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and as a character, yeah, he's pretty much just a, he's there for comic relief. He's the mischievous jerk who gets Nemo in trouble and Nemo just goes along with it because he's a kid. He doesn't know any better. And I agree. The best thing that, so you say the best thing that Flip does is smoke the giant cigar, which he then immediately hacks up because what the fuck? He took the biggest puff of it of all time. Um, but also the best thing involving Flip is just him getting punched by the princess. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I did forget to mention the Nightmare King because he has zero presence in the movie. He oh. exists pretty much at the end. Also, Kills all of his court. Yeah. And then die. Yeah, Nightmare King doesn't do shit. And I completely also forgot about the jesters or the goblins Oops. or whatever the fuck. The ones that constantly merge together and it's deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 who fucking they, cares? They're the, the oomps. The oomps. Uh... Also, let's take a second to appreciate that Nemo fucking murked the Nightmare King with a magical nuke uh, and turned the Nightmare Kingdom into a gray, lifeless void. It only took him 12 minutes of trying to remember how to say a spell. 
Actually, no, excuse me. It was white and pale blue, so that's how you know it's good. But it's also still a lifeless void. He yep. killed everything there except for the uh, I, goblins. As he was swinging the, around that thing, I just kept on thinking of it as a, like that Davy Crockett thing from that, like, I know it exactly existed, but more from like Metal Gear. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. We, we'd established that basically the longer the incantation, the stronger the thing. Which is why he was able to cut shit with it despite only getting like two words out. Yeah, he, then, he just straight up cuts like this flying things aren't like flying like the wings off of it. Yeah, but yes, just like I don't I don't know why that last scene in particular just bothers me so much. It's like if if anyone out there has seen the movie Army of Darkness and knows of the scene where Ash Williams just forgets the magic words to use the Nepro, uh, Necronomicon or whatever. It's that except stretched out a bit. And it just goes on. Also, looking it up, Army of Darkness, 88 minutes. This movie, like, 93 minutes. Uh, it, it is an hour and a half. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah, that's my that's my uh, take on the settings. Some work, some don't. All right. Uh, what about you, X? All right. Um, so, uh, I mean, I think we're all in agreement that, that I mean, it looked beautiful. It was beautiful animations, highly detailed backgrounds. Uh, tons of just expression and personality and that's where the personality of the character shines and it's is the animation um i do have to agree that a lot of the characters are either one-dimensional just straight up flat uh nemo can be very insufferable uh i know they were basically going with like a child he's a child so he's you know bratty he doesn't really understand things he doesn't really learn his lessons and it, it does suck that the movie sort of reinforces that behavior in him by rewarding him with A, becoming the heir to Dreamland, B, uh, basically rescuing everybody without having to make any concessions as a character, and then C, at the end, being rewarded with a trip to the circus he wanted so much, despite having, you know, eaten the pie prior. And getting more, and getting more pie, yeah. So, it, it's, and that's why I, I mentioned Ray Bradbury earlier, not just as trivia, because it's so awkward to see that level of negligence in the writing because Ray Bradbury is a phenomenal writer. Fahrenheit 451 is still, to this day, considered a, a highly influential novel, despite the fact that people get it wrong and that it was meant to criticize television. Uh, but uh, that being said, it is a little weird seeing how how janky some of these these the plot points are and things like that. There are some things we can give concessions to because it is supposed to be about dreams, so certain things aren't going to logically come together, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But it does kind of hurt the plot in certain areas. Like Torpid mentioned, the Nightmare King gets briefly mentioned at one point during the movie and then appears very briefly at the end and has no overall presence. We see a nightmare when Nemo first arrives in Dreamland with uh, the professor. But the nightmare, like, is that supposed to be somebody else's nightmare? Is it Nemo having a nightmare? It's not really touched upon. Um, which is disappointing because there's so many things they could have done with that. The Nightmare World itself, again, the stove mentioned it. Disappointing. They could have done a lot more with that. Um, and yeah, also, this, the Nightmare World was just a shitty swamp in some stone pillar. Yeah, they could have done a lot of different stuff. Everything still looked phenomenal, but it's just a, it's just it's disappointing that they didn't do more with it. And the go direction like, was lacking more than yeah. the. Uh... They were going for just a straight up cartoon. And they did it, and they did it fantastically. It is a cartoon through and through, but it, it lacks a little of the imagination that you would expect from something of the dream. You do get it with the oomps. The oomps kind of represent that sort of uh, malleable reality that you would expect from a dream. They merge together, they distort, there's all different stuff going on with them. 
and and they serve as kind of a good metaphor for what a dream kind of looks like if you were to try to make one visual um characters yeah you know i i do agree in some i think the princess was a little bit more than what it we're, we're giving the character credit for because she was still fair she was bratty and you know royalty but she was also still very self uh she was um she was still fairly independent she was you know she wasn't gonna let anybody else you know tell her what to do and not necessarily just in a, a spoiled royalist kind of way but also in you know Sort of a powerful character into herself. When the 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 demons tried to drag her into the water, she didn't wait for Nemo or anybody else to come help her. She just started wailing on him right away. Like that was her first thought. And whenever Flip would bother her, she just beat the shit out of him. She didn't, you know, wait for somebody else to come and rescue her. Um, Flip is garbage. There's just, I mean, we've 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 gone over it, but it bears to repeat that Flip is easily the worst character in the mo- movie. His motivations are simply to cause havoc uh to screw over nemo and he's just unlikable he's not funny he's not interesting he's racist he could put green on whatever you want it's still racist um and it's just a very bad character that the movie could have done without um watching him get the shit kicked out of him is the highlight um the king yeah spoiled not spoiled but just a huge man child and very clearly unfit to rule which I think is very kingly. It's very fitting for his his character. You know, he just sucks at everything. So much so that he's willing to give over control of the kingdom to a child he just found out about. Um, so I, I'm as as crappy as he is. At least he's consistent. I'm taking a sip. At least he's consistently bad. It's not like there's little flashes of. But maybe he's actually a decent ruler. He's just kind of you know. No, he just sucks through and through. Uh, who else do we have? The professor is, I mean, he provides a sort of an interesting, I wouldn't say foil, but him being there, when he's actually there, it feels sort of like there's, there's there could have been more. Like, maybe there was actually more to his character when he was on screen. He got no screen time. But when he was on screen, it always felt like there was something more that they had written for that character at that point. That's just the feeling I got whenever it was on. It's like, um, another example is right after when when they uh after they get the demons to stop attacking the princess the wand falls on the ground and the professor exclaims aha they are afraid of the scepter and it's like wait that's there's something more to that he didn't say anything prior to that moment so it feels just like there's plenty of moments that were probably on the cutting room floor that involved him a lot more in the plot um so he's just a weird character overall um so it could just be carryovers from the comic so it, um... yeah one thing I would like to interject, though, is yeah. apparently there is a Japanese DVD version of this movie uh, that is, uh, as we mentioned, it's, oh, let's see if I get the official time, it is 85 minutes for the theatrical cut. There is a Japanese DVD version that is 94 minutes long. Nope. So, and yeah. I, I feel like I'd be remiss to also point out visually, uh, the artwork is done mostly in pastels. And... You know, it's it, a lot of it's very soft colors, and it's just, but it still manages to pop as you're watching it. Every just thing has just a nice feel and flow to it, and you just feel relaxed as you're watching. And I like that feeling. I like that just effect that a lot of it had on me, despite the fact that you know we have so many conflicting issues. There are issues with the movie, without question, but it's it's also I, I I'm having a hard time putting it into words. Just I, I really enjoyed watching. It. Yeah, I I mean I could I could definitely this it, watching it just seeing it throughout like 
if you watch this on mute, I'm sure it would be a very entertaining thing. If like if you're just watching this for like what was going like seeing the animation, then it would I I would say I actually wonder if you kind of like watch this trying to conceive of a plot in your head as you were watching this. I wonder if you what what that as an experience would be compared to actually just straight up watching it with the sound off. And, um, and the the other thing I want to say is. And it, I think we sort of half touched on this. The the ending part where with the incantation should have just been removed. It was long. It wasn't funny. And it was it was just it, every time it, they got to the incantation, A, you don't need one that long. And B, the, the bit wasn't funny and you did it way too long. It was like it was like a family guy bit. Not funny and goes on far longer than it needs. To. Yes. I will say uh, one thing I actually did forget about um, in terms of earlier just saying that nemo like obviously he didn't he doesn't really learn anything um i did forget about the whole like small problem of if you use this incantation you will die and he says well why how about i do anyway like i guess that's a thing but also who cares like you're not you're not gonna die we know that but i guess when he's faced with death he says all right cool i need to save slumberland so i guess we're doing this and also there's um there's the point where they unlock the door cuz Flip you know tricks him into unlocking the door and everybody's just happy to blame Flip even when Nemo admits he's the one who fucked up he is absolutely the one who did wrong and he tries to take responsibility for it and it's a very rare moment of character arc for him where he's like yeah no I did a bad thing everyone's like no 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 you're not to blame it's definitely the racist characters to blame I, I was to blame, though. Kind I mean, of, but Nemo still did unlock the door. Nemo is also a child who he kept goading on into opening the door. I, I, I think I think it's more like if you think about that scene, like they are basically also, it's he like has a price on his. He does also. It's like they, yeah. though they were like very clear. It's like the moment they see that Flip is even remotely involved, it's like no, he takes deserves a hundred percent of the blame for this. I think that's kind of more what you were kind of going for. It's it's more just like they don't let Nemo take responsibility, even though it was in in most part because of Flip's influence. But they still should have held him account. They didn't have to hold him like accountable to the same degree, but they need to at least acknowledge, yeah, you kind of listened to the wrong person. You shouldn't do that again. Instead, they let him off completely, and that that kind of falls in line with how Nemo really kind of gets away with shitty behavior. You know, where he's not held accountable for the action. He's a kid, yes, but you still hold kids accountable to a degree, to a, to a same degree. And the very minimum, they should have said, yes, you shouldn't have opened the door and you shouldn't have listened to Flip. However, we also understand that this is who this guy is. We also understand you're a child. And they could have done something with that, but they didn't. They just absolved him completely. And that just didn't rub me very well. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, I'm pretty sure we we kind of went over, mostly, I'm pretty sure we covered most of the bases uh other than we didn't talk about bebop or whatever her the name of the kind of um i'm going to figure out what it, bonbon uh the kind of the servant lady who uh gave oh, uh, kind of came to uh Nemo. i completely forgot she exists yeah the one that brought the candies yeah you well, know she only appears in a few scenes about? we also forgot to talk about icarus oh right the the also, we didn't even animal that yeah. was parents either yeah, also, there's a flying squirrel that just comes across this entire movie. No one talks about it. That can No talk. one cares. And, and the way it talks is you can sort of make out what it's trying to say. It's kind of like, uh, uh, not Beaker, 
and not quite Kenny from South Park, but um, shit. It's, you um, know, it, you know, what I'm thinking of though. It's kind of it. it get, get out of here! What the fuck is that? Yeah, word. it's it's sort of like saying words, but not. Is the best. Yeah, way yeah, it is. It is cutie animal bullshit speak. Yeah, uh-huh. and everybody understands Icarus. Everybody. Yeah, it it it's it's there almost like the fill a check mark. I don't want to like dismiss it as much as that, but it's like I'm pretty sure you didn't exist in the comic strip. I mean, I can look that up real quick. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. Almost all these are taken from the movie. Also, I am closing this tab. <laughs> Uh, what, did you, what did you do? I I googled a character on Google. Uh, anyway. Uh, Moving yes. on. Yeah, there's there's that. Um, so yeah, one thing kind of mentioned that yeah, this does have kind of a uh, this was worked on simultaneously by Western and Japanese. I don't want to say developers, but like people who, from both sides or from all over the planet worked on this. And the, watching this, it had. There was something about it that watching it that was fascinating to me because you could tell that it was animated in Japan, but also there was a lot of Western influence on it. So it was this weird merge of both that was having both aspects of Western animation and anime at the same time. And it was just something wasn't 100% right. So how do you feel about this mix of animations or do you see it as much as I did? I, I definitely did. Again, like when I, like I said at the start, when I was watching this, I get the same feeling I got when I first saw Spirited Away. It was just this nice, warm feeling, and I just felt comfortable, and I enjoyed it. And I, and some, I didn't feel quite as odd as I did with Spirited Away, but just like it hit me in all the right spots, and I could definitely see the Japanese influence. I could see the Western influence, and I thought they merged perfectly. This film. Getting aside the writing problems, the plot problems, the character problems, I can't see any flaws in the animation, the uh, the artwork. This was just a beautiful, fluid film for me. Uh, yeah. What about you, Stuff? I, I I agree. Um, in general, TMS is really good at blending the styles, but I mean, I guess kind of again, it draws in the inspiration from here is a Western comic strip, so it's going to have a little bit more of a uh, Western kind of feel to it i guess and then in terms you have a japanese animation studio who which is really good at um identifying cultures identifying uh how things should look because i believe that tms also worked on uh lupin the third as well which yeah yeah i guess i can't i believe the main director for this uh worked on mystery of mamo at least yeah so in terms of the film it just Everything just seems to mix really well. Like the characters and the setting don't really, they don't really clash as much as I would think. The only time I think it's kind of egregious or rather it's definitely more Western based is again, the nightmare realm where it's just kind of swampy and gloomy and disappointing because that's generally where you would expect the evildoers to live. That would be where the bad guy is. And I don't know. It, it, that part just, that's the only part where I think the influence just doesn't work out really. But even then, I guess it still kind of fits with the story. So altogether, thumbs up. Yep. What about you, Torpo? I mean, fine. <laughs> it's it's a good looking movie. Like it animates well, all that. But like the, the mixture of the styles is obvious, but it works. But I don't really have much to say outside of that. That hasn't already. All right. Uh, yeah. Just watching it. Like I could 
I kind of want to see, like, I kind of want to watch this on YouTube and just see how that works out. Or watch it in Japanese and don't put on the subtitles. Because uh, when you get, the, like, the, the kind of somewhat basic writing out of it, like, it is, it kind of is like, oh, okay, got to watch this as a thing. But if you're kind of, like, need to kind of generalize what's going on, I'm sure, like, in just watching the animation of it, because we've all said it, this movie looks beautiful. Like, there is no doubt about that. Um, so, yeah, I think if there's anything to take from this, you should at least watch this for just... You can actually apparently just... TMS has a YouTube channel. I don't know if it's an unofficial one, but it's called just like TMS and it's not been nuked from YouTube. Uh, so there, you can watch this movie on YouTube. And if you just at least watch, like, watch some snippets of it. And it is just a very, very beautiful movie. Um and this will probably be a short question because I think we've kind of been over this. Uh, but, uh, Torpo, how do you, f- you feel like this is a movie based yes. on a concert from the yes, 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 yes. Oh, boy, howdy, yes. I mean, A, it has that feel in general. And B, there are the obvious races. <laughs> like, they, they definitely tried to kind of, I wouldn't say a step away from it, tried, tried to, to make tried it to less over. obvious. Like so, as they I said, the servants, it. it's like the servants who had their skin lightened, mm-hmm. or once again, our good buddy Flip in his sickly green skin. Yep, shit like that. Also, but, like, some other things is that, um, just in general, some from what I remember reading of the comic strip of it, uh, parental styling has changed a lot since even the the like even from then to the eighties, which a lot of that was downplayed in this movie. Tell me more about uh, in your aspect. Yeah, yeah, that happens a lot in, or that is threatened a lot in Little Nemo, the comic strip that is not done in the movie, weirdly enough. Bang, zoom, Strange. straight to the moon. Yeah. Like I said, it, it definitely has, I, I can see the comic feel there. It's like, yeah, no, I, I can definitely see it. it all makes sense. All right. Uh, what about you, Stove? Yeah, I really don't really have anything to put on this, on this level. Just, yeah, it definitely feels like a movie based on a very, very early comic strip. Some of the characters just don't have any character at all. It seems very kind of like stereotypical. Like the professor even is very stereotypical. And then just, yeah, yeah. they all have their roles. Hate that it came. Yeah, there's nothing really substantial there. Uh, so what about your ex? I mean, come on. Yeah, this is absolutely I, everything everybody mentioned. There's there's the same racism. There's the same feel. The parenting kind of it, it's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it does. Um, no so now to move on to the thing we actually, the reason why we're actually watching this. Um, so yeah, uh, Little Nemo, the Dream Master came out on the NES. And that was a lot of people's first exposure to Little Nemo because they never watched this movie. Because uh, one other thing I do want to mention, a bit of trivia. Uh, apparently the, it's never, it's apparently not been officially kind of disclosed, uh, but it's estimated that this movie had a budget of $35 million. Uh, worldwide, it made about $1 million. So it was a bomb when it released in theaters. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, there were, I mean, this movie, they, whoever distributed this in Japan really wanted this to be a thing. So uh, after the movie came out, uh, Capcom released a game. Actually, they released two games, uh, one for the arcade and one for the NES, um, which is the one that people are probably most familiar with. Um, and it actually came out here before the movie due to how the release worked. Um, so, or I might've had that backwards. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Axe, did seeing, if you're, I don't know if you were. I don't even you're... remember seeing it, to be honest. 
I don't even remember what that game was like, so I don't know if I can honestly so, answer this question. If it, it was a while since we looked at it, so if you don't remember how it played, essentially it is Nemo kind of just going through a bunch of different worlds. Not really associated much with the movie, although it is apparently, it is tied to the movie in Japan. Uh, like the um, the logo is the exact same in Japan as it is in the movie. Uh, and the thing in the game is that the thing that I just remember most about it is that its main game like gimmick uh, is that Nemo has that candy uh, that he feeds to various animals. And uh, when he feeds it to certain animals, they fall asleep uh, and Nemo crawls inside of them and becomes oh, them. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. Now I remember. Fucking yeah. Skits. Now I remember. We were, we were ripping on that super hard because of how just like super skeevy that comes. Yeah. No, now I fucking remember it. Yeah, no. That the game was nothing like the movie. The movie was very much a chill kind of ride. The game was sort of this weird body horror nightmare with some cutesy shit going on around. Now I'm now I'm now. Thanks for jump starting my my memory on that. I'm gonna appreciate that as I go to sleep. All this tonight. fucking trauma coming back. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember just how ugh, not good th that was. The game has nothing like what the movie does. So no. Fuck it, uh, no. What about you, Stoke? Uh, give me Stoke's just rewatching the episode. Okay. Um, that game has no <laughs> 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 nothing that this movie brings to the uh, table. So, Stove, can you can you repeat that your thing cut out just a little? No, bit? I refuse. <laughs> Fuck off. That was, that was so perfect. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I'll give this another shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. That. That game has nothing to do with the movie. It's it couldn't be any more different. Like Flip is there, sure, fine, but who gives a shit? Um, yeah, like where was the mushroom forest in the movie, huh? I don't remember there being a mushroom forest. Um, I know there was a train level. There was a train level, yes, but yeah, the, like playing through the game would not at all prepare you for the movie. It would just be, well, okay, here's the game. It looks nothing like it, but. I guess that looks like Nemo, that looks like the Scepter, and that looks like Flip, so there we go. Yep. Yep. What about you, Turpo? I duh. <laughs> so I, I kept asking the entire movie, when is Nemo going to feed that frog some candy and hop into its body while it's still alive? <laughs> and Lolo kept saying, no, that's not how this works. And I'm like, shut up. What about the game? Uh... Also, uh, I'm looking... Because I'm not super familiar with the arcade game, and this looks... Uh, really weird uh because it looks like if you're familiar with the it's another capcom thing and it looks like if you if you've ever played the game um magic sword by capcom it looks kind of like that also i'm distressed to find out that it is two-player cooperative uh player two plays flip. i also see no. that flip is not uh they didn't care about about that in this game huh oh yeah oh yeah i found that <laughs> screenshot yeah that's not that he's not green He's not green. <laughs> He's very much not green. Mr. Popo yeah. is back, baby. So my wow. point is, the the game is nothing at all. Like the there's no flesh suits. There's no platforming like that. He's bunch of stages that are in the game. It's a shame because the game is. I want my goddamn skin suit. <laughs> yeah. Put well, that on the back of the the box. I want my uh, skin suits, fuckers. Yeah. Well. Okay. Skimming through the arcade game, I will say that one looks. A little bit closer to the source material, but yeah, that I, I, one wasn't the one that was played, now was it? No, <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, um, Torpo, do you feel that this movie could you make a good video game out of it? I mean, just a fucking 
Like, I could see this kind of thing just being a game of... Just, you know how they made a, a dumb platformer for literally every movie that came out evilly targeted its kids? Just that is what I picked. Uh, so, yes, I do remember the NES era and the SNES era. <laughs> Oddly um, enough, the era in which the Little Nemo game came out. Yes. <laughs> um, um, I think, honestly, you could, you could... Yeah, basically, you could just make a platformer based on it based on this just i think if you just take out the force feeding the animals candy thing <laughs> you might act- hopping inside of their bodies but then you lose like a flesh suit but then you lose the game's core mechanics though yeah that is do the you, problem do you really have a game then yeah i'd say so you've lost torpid's <laughs> yeah. vote by losing the flesh suit stove yeah. um <laughs> now i'm also just thinking about because i was thinking of like what other games Capcom made during that era like they were based on movies because I was thinking I'm like god it's weird that it's Disney it's the Disney games it's Nemo and it's Sweet Home but then I remember they also made a movie based on or a game based on Willow yeah 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 Capcom's weird Capcom anyway. is very weird but yeah no I think I think this uh film is primed for video games it just was they took a little bit of creative liberties with it and I don't know it's your call on whether or not that's better or worse I I'm fine with it it ain't the movie that all right, Axe, what about you? I'm going to branch off. I think you could actually do a proper, like, 3D action adventure game out of something like this, like 100 Winks, or uh, you could probably make a good game. Uh, you could probably do something like Kingdom Hearts, but good. Um, Not possible. I, I honestly think, like, you could do a little Nemo thing, uh, sort of taking some, you'd take some liberties, I think. You'd want to do a little more imaginative stuff with the 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 dreamland and the nightmare world, but you could definitely do something interesting with it other than just a, a banal platform. Make a um, collect on platform, make them spout like Gex. Right? Yeah, ex- exactly. Or you could just have a button that you hold down and he, he does the entire, uh, the entire uh, incantation. But if you release it too early, then he flubs it and you could just keep doing that over and over and recreate the f- most famous scene from the movie where he can't remember a 17 word incantation. Yeah, but no, so yeah. Pajama, you, pajama. pajama. Yeah. You just have your you have your dedicated pajama button. But no, I, I I think you could do something interesting. All right. Well, I think it's time we actually rank this thing. So uh if if you are not familiar, uh we with this, uh we have a one to twenty-one ranking scale, which one being absolute mastercraft and twenty-one being complete garbage, not even fun to watch. Um Me too. so starting to shut up, Torbid. Starting with UX, uh what would you put this at? Okay. So I'm going to try to not be too extreme on this and say I'm somewhere between seven and nine. Okay. Uh, what about you, Stove? This, I, I promise this isn't a goof. I would say between 10 and 12. Okay. I promise I'm not making a joke. That Like, adequate is pretty much what I feel about the movie. All right. Uh, what about you, Torpo? Man, I'm going to fuck this up, but I was thinking... Okay. Close enough. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say 13 solely so we can have all the numbers to get us straight. Fuck off! Uh, <laughs> God damn it, Lolo. Not, not actually. Um, yeah, I just I feel like this movie. It's not bad, but there was a really good. I saw a descriptor for this movie uh, online of someone talking about it, and they had a really good expression for it. This is a very like this is at, looking to be served a meal. Well, okay, well, maybe not this. This is like looking at a meal that is prepared. Like it is a extremely fancy plate. Like it is the most ornate plate you've seen that had the most basic ham sandwich. 
It is very pleasing to look at, but the actual food, like the actual substance, isn't as elegant as the presentation means this, or gives it. It's a very nice looking pie crust. Yeah. And then, I mean, and pie crust on its own can be tasty, but it's not a pie. All right. But, so where do you sit, Lolo? <laughs> that's I all fine. like pie. That, that's I, a really lovely sentence. I, I honestly would say that I'm actually, th- I'm probably in Stove's camp. I would say somewhere between 10 and 10 and 12. I came down. How the fuck am I still on the other end of the goddamn spectrum here? <laughs> I mean, I'm not that far off. Torpid's yeah. on the one end. I'm on the other. <laughs> and I'm in the creamy no middle. Joke. I know no joke. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I I am not going to rag on you for liking this movie, Axe. If, no. if you like it, you know, super more power to you. I'm, I'm just kind of like, Eh, it's it's pretty good. So it's, looking at the list, looking at the list of things, um, we have like something in the range of like, because I'm looking like at axes, at axes. So at, we actually have something at seven and something at nine in this list or in the essence which we're putting it in. We have Tron at seven and Air, the uh, original Area eighty eight OVA at nine. What actually? That's what I was thinking. I was thinking I'd rather watch. I would watch Area eighty eight at least a little bit over this i mean the, the dog fights and that look nice but more importantly like- yeah that was also, i was gonna say that was another one where i was like boy this looks kind of like there's some weird things also there's some very not great things in area 88 oh yeah. um let me look at the what what do we have in the res- resonance so at 10 we have so okay so at 10 in the resonance list we have the wizardry um, which kind of almost in a weird way is kind of comparable because that is also a incredibly bog standard plot in general but wasn't i mean it's its story was a little bit better but it wasn't quite as well animated so it had a little bit more towards the story and i would definitely say it's not in the camp of 15 because the salamander ova is at also to be fair part of the reason we ranked because of material and how strangely dedicated it was that too also it didn't really do anything that terribly bad either um like we said we have that is true um salamander we have at 15 i would actually say yes this is higher than salamander by a good bit um because that is just a movie at least if nothing's happening in this movie i can at least look at something pretty yeah um so i i think that i want to say that 11 is probably a good spot for this i'd say 10 or 11 yeah if only because it is gorgeous it is a gorgeous put it up to 10 just so i I feel less bad about it since my phone was nine Put it at 10 just so I can have it rub up against my 9. And I'll no, it. put it at 11. It's enjoyably <laughs> adequate. Also, you want to know what something else that was rated at 11? Little Nemo the Dream Master for the NES. <laughs> give me a goddamn win. <laughs> oh, give me the win, damn it. I need what no. little win I could get here. No, it, it, it's, I say 11. Um, honestly, I, I was thinking, oh yeah, maybe 10 would be a good compromise, but... Honestly, Lolo, you just sold me on 11. <laughs> you piece of shit, Lolo. <laughs> um, Next year at MAGFest, motherfucker. Because yeah, I'm thinking, like, if I'm thinking this compared to the NES game, like, I actually don't know if I'd say that I'd like the NES game better than the, the movie, because the game's kind of an asshole. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'd, I'd give you that. But if anything... Hmm. Just, not just say, do we have anything... The only only reason I'd say actually 11 is we do have something already at 10. Well, we have Wizardry. So having some spread might help with these early lists. All right. So 
11 it is. So yes, Little Nemo the Dream Master. Uh, wait, Little Nemo's Adventures in Slumberland. I almost said Adventures in Babysitting. That'd be a different <laughs> thing. Also Christopher Columbus, but still, I think. Okay. Um, is there anything we want to... I mean, there's... The, I mean, our, well, also... Hmm, should I put the problematic yikes. tag? Put, yikes. put in that yikes. Oh, not all that. I don't want to have all the thing that Megami Tensei had. Um, <laughs> okay, so do we want to give thumbs up in music, charm, cinemat- cine- cinematography, theatrics, action, and art? Okay, so first off, thumbs down for music. Yeah, Hold on, you, could, you, could you repeat that? Because you both said the same, something at the same time. Okay. All right, so on my end, I said thumbs down for music because I didn't like any of the music numbers. Uh, thumbs up, I agree with Torpid, uh, action and art. Uh God. I will fucking get you down if they charm because that movie has shut. Up. Um I was actually thinking about cinematography. Joint joint force. Uh we can defeat Torpid. Man, I was actually thinking charm as well. I mean I I th- there okay, so some of the characters suck, but I mean the overall feel of the movie was very charming. And I was fighting to death on that. There's a thing about it is very because it's the thing it's like, okay, at what point does the art begin in like the design? Like, what part of the design, what is art, and what is charm? Mm. Well, the movie is, I think it's conflicting, because, I mean, the art is extremely, well, if you discount the characters, certain characters for a brief moment, you know, the rest of the characters still were very vibrant, very animated. They were charming, despite the fact that they didn't have much of personality. See, I see charm is more of, like, a right... I think, it, I think it's, like, like, not to be, like, more pretentious, it's a synthesis of a couple different things. It is the art working with the writing to make something that is itself. But and I think I, they're not. I, I think they can be at times mutually exclusive. One I, I can don't be think one the and, art makes it charming. It's very nice to look at. It's very that, pretty. Saying that it can be, not necessarily always. Yeah, yeah but, I'm like I feel in this the case of this movie. I feel the I, art stands away from the writing. Like the writing is the writing yeah. lacks a lot of charm, whereas the art has a ton of it. Yeah, I, I cannot make up for the writing shortcoming. Because the thing is, is that I, I actually don't think that the the I think giving it just a thumbs up for art. What I actually might do instead is rather than giving a thumbs up in art, I think we need something a like we need like gold medal for art. Like this is some of the best art we've seen so far. Like I think it just needs to be said. Like this is a very beautiful movie. Uh, um, Stove says art and charm. This is bullshit. Internet. Let me defend myself. It's yeah, bullshit. <laughs> it's not um, charming. I see. So yeah, I honestly just think the designs are charming. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like, boy, this is a pretty movie. Those characters are designed really good. It's like, mm. I guess I find the idea of it charming more than the writing be charming, mm. if anything. Like the concept, uh, the concept you could do with a little Nemo, the potential is charming, I guess, which doesn't really make up make yeah, up a potential is movie. not the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, then, yeah. I'll give it that. Yeah, I, 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 I think rather than just saying thumbs up chart and thumbs up uh, charm, I think we just need something really stand out in. I, I would say for art in general. Yeah, as yeah. I said, like the the art is very nice. It does not make up lackluster writing. Because like, and if I I'm looking, call it charming if it lacks that kind of. Because if I'm looking at things we've looked or we've marked charm for, we have Area Eighty Eight, which has really unique characters that are have that are unique and like, well, have charm to them. We got Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie, which has the quirks of the like Looney Tunes characters and the really good writing that make it kind of fascinating. Dirty Pair, Project Eden. We have, you know, the characters who are very, you know, charming. 
we have Pat Labor, which is in itself kind of quirky and like for what it is. But you and gave it charm, charming for Die Hard. Die Hard had like that was like one of the first kind of action movies, kind of like that. I would say John McClane, in a weird sense, is kind of charming. Also, also, it is very cheap, which is also very <laughs> yeah. It's gonna hurl. Sh can't stop. Yeah, just me. just drop plates on our fucking podcast tour. it's great it also made gami tensei which gets a thumbs down because that sucked yeah it was not so charming in the void of it was charm. the opposite of charm whatever the word for the opposite of charm is that was yeah. Megami tensei. Fucking yeah. foul. i i don't think little nemo get actually i can say because i have it for other things um mm -hmm. ultra charm ultra charm give it a gold goddamn nemo metal the idea is there Okay. It just wasn't there. It's it's a it's like a almost a half. Step. It's or in this case, or in this case, it is two two disparate things. You know, you have the the writing which isn't charming, but you have the art which is, and you know they just sort of meet in the middle. Yeah, I'd, I'll just leave it. There. I'm fine with that. Uh, uh, for here, nay, I I will say I do I think can... it goes on way too long. Oh god. Um, it's not just that it goes on too long. It's it feels long. Yeah, which is uh, what I mentioned at the start. Uh, also, I will give it. Yeah, it's like it's not like a ten. It's not like a slow that helps it. It is a slow that definitely hurts it. Bold of them to make a movie that has that is a minute long for each year since the source material came out. <laughs> yeah, you can feel every. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Yeah, it, I mean, it is. It wasn't that bad. It is but... exactly in the middle, according yeah. to this. Um, no, that really dragged it. You cannot do that. No, I'm not. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that the ending was not a. Uh, it was definitely a bit dragged. Remember that time but... the Nightmare King killed off his entire court because pissed off at one guy. That was I mean, fucked up. And then yeah. fucking little Nemo committed a genocide. Well, could he commit a genocide when everybody else was already killed? I said his it, court. It dragged on just yeah, like the court. '80s. Uh, 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 I don't <laughs> fucking know. I wasn't <laughs> born then. Fuck Reagan. <laughs> anyway, on that note, I think actually no. Well, Reagan wasn't. Reagan wasn't wasn't around when this movie came came out. I mean, he was around, but he wasn't president at that point. Okay, uh, eighty nine. I get it. it. Regardless, yeah. anyway. who gives up? Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. We so try that, to be factual here. All right. That is Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland. Um, Holy shit! Before we go, uh, in alphabetic order, do you have anything you want to plug? Yes, uh, I've got my stream HTTP that twitch.tv slash axeimmortal. I'm playing through all the Kingdom Hearts games, and I'll be doing a, a charity stream in April on my birthday. All right. Uh, Stove, what about you? Uh-oh. Oh, no. I'm, I'm no. pretty sure what he's saying right now is that he is at twitch.tv slash portable stove, and he streams games uh, regularly throughout the week and weekend sometimes. And his internet is bullshit. Let him defend himself! Yeah, when his internet's working, you will do that. Hashtag uh, free stove. What about you, Torpo? Twitch.tv slash at Torpotyphus on Twitter. And I would like to plug the fact that I don't get Nightmare. Oh, fuck you, I already did my Jedi. And how about you? I All will right. haunt you, Torpid Typist! <laughs> All right. It's true, though. I don't get Nightmares. It's great. <laughs> let's let's wrap this up, please. Yeah. Uh, so I could go another couple hours. Well, <laughs> well, we got to talk about what we're talking about next week, um, which is going to be... What originally was going to be a part two, but spoiler or two part series. Spoiler, I don't think we're going to get two parts out of it. So uh, bad. Talking about the Parappa the Rapper anime. So boring. Yeah, we'll we'll see about that. Hold on, Torpid, yes. don't spoil it. That'll be spoilers. Next it's boring. <laughs> At least the first episode seemed to be pretty boring from what I've seen of it. Uh, anyway. Hey, shout out by next. the way. 
real quick before we finish up. I thought we wanted to wrap it up. <laughs> Shut up, Axe. Fucking twitch.tv slash Lola DePuzzlo. What the fuck? What? Twitch.tv slash Lola DePuzzlo. Hey, uh, oh, look they, at they, Retro they, Rank Rhapsody. It's good. I, I have that bullshit in my in the little description <laughs> thing. Good. I mean, I'm there, and Axe is there. Well, you'll have to find out by coming to twitch.tv slash Lolo DePuzzle. Also, also YouTube.tv. Er, YouTube.com YouTube. 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 slash Lolo URL. Anyway, thanks for listening. This has been a mess. I'm Thank done. you. Good night. <laughs> good night. Sweet dreams. I only get dreams. Shut up, Torpid. I'm Great. sorry. Okay, we're going. I love it. This has been another episode of Media Delta. If you'd like to view the entire list of rankings for yourself, you can go to r3.ldp.life to see the residence and essence list that Media Delta covers, as well as the other lists that are covered by our sister show, Retro Rank Rhapsody. If you'd like to watch Retro Rank Rhapsody, you can watch it live on Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Saturdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash loadofpuzzlo. Or you can view any of the episodes anytime at youtube.ldp.life. If you would like to help with hosting costs, you can go to patreon.ldp.life and help out with a $2 or $5 pledge. If you would like to discuss this episode and any other episode of our community, you can join our Discord server at discord.ldp.life. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can follow it at HazeltownStory, or you can follow me, your host, at LoloDePuzzlo. Thank you for listening, and I hope you come back for a round for the next episode.